It's Thursday, March 9th, 2023. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon, and tonight we present a discussion on the philosophy behind my 2001 science fiction novel, Drell Master, and its forthcoming sequel, Drell Mistress. The novel is set on a planet called Thune, which has suffered a human-generated apocalypse, dividing it into three eco-zones, sky islands, a poison surface world, and an industrial cavern world, and its human population is divided into groups which inhabit these, these levels. A secret society strives to reunite them. It programs an artificial intelligence in the form of the three planetary gods with a prime directive to serve the best interests of humankind. But the prime directive is based on a cedar-birther philosophy which concludes that birthers must rule. This would relegate humans into a hive society. And the hero, Brand of Valadine, and the heroine, Lyra of Jalimar, as master and mistress of the Drells, struggle to save humankind from the living death of a Drell hivedom. Like all good science fiction, this is metaphoric and will appeal to environmentalists as well as libertarians. So put your thinking caps on and tune in. Now that's basically what we're going to talk about tonight is the, our coming Drell Mistress uh, sequel to Drell Master. And what I want to say first is that both these books are going to be released and we have them on uh, on our website, pokerunion.com. And that's uh, our website for all all of our books, all the all our OTR, all our magic books, and 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 all our adventures, our adventure books. And uh, Drillmaster is, of course, is certainly our major adventure book. We also have Tower of Darkness. And now, what I'd like to do is tell you a little bit about about Drillmaster. And what I really would like all of you to do, uh, because this is such such a very interesting and a very contemporarily important book, Drillmaster is, it's kind of like Philip K. Dick's books. It definitely applies to the way things are today, and, and it's metaphoric, and it's science fiction worth reading. Although, at the same time, I'm going to say this, it's in a kind of a pulp magazine a 1940s pulp magazine format. It's kind of like an old Flash Gordon serial. And, of course, me being a magician, it it deals with magic. And Thune is a magical planet. And not only do we have magic, but we have Enochian magic. And one of the major themes uh, in the book is sex magic. And the chapter that I will read tonight, Drillcrag, that chapter is is very heavily sex magical. So this is really not going to be a children's show tonight, and you might want to put the, you might want to put the children to bed because it's going to be kind of R-rated at the very least. What I would like to do first is I'd like to outline the philosophy and all behind this, so that you can uh, kind of look for it as we as we go through the the chapter we're going to read. Now, the artificial intelligence that is the oracle of the secret society of the Trimorphians, 
that attempts to reunify, I hesitate to call them races, but the different human, uh, let's let's say the tribes of Thun, the different tribes, they're all separated as a result of a human-generated apocalypse driven part of the Thunians up into the orbiting sky islands and part of them still remain on the contaminated surface world and then the industrial civilization uh, that, that causes all the pollution and, and, and everything, they are underground. They all hate each other and they're all in conflict with each other. And then there is this secret society, the Trimorphians, that want to try to, try to reunite them. And the Trimorphians are kind of, uh, well, I once told a Masonic brother one time, I said, when he uh, was reading the book, and I said, you think the, the, the Trimorphians are like Scottish Rite and the, the Morians are, are, are sort of like the Templars and Masonry. It, it, it is an allegory, obviously. Now, the Cedar Berther philosophy of Doma the Wise, as explained by Joscomor, the oracle of the Supreme Council of the Trimorphian Brotherhood of Thune, at Valadine in the 92nd year of the Great Drill. I am Joscomor, an artificial intelligence created and programmed by the greatest philosopher of our planet's golden age civilization. Noma the Lame called Noma the Wise because Thunians are right or religious people, and philosophy must reflect the will of the gods, I was given three faces. The face of Jal, the sun god, the faces of Muria, the moon goddess, and the face of Scar, god of the fires beneath. My base CPU was removed from the bridge of a huge aerial warship. The devastator had been decommissioned and sealed up in a cavern, in the mountains of the fiery rim during the apocalyptic end of the golden age when all the races of Thun were divided between the sky islands, the contaminated surface world, and the caverns. I had originally been programmed as a weapons platform. Nomo reprogrammed me in my new three-phase configuration to serve the best interests of humankind according to the Trimov according to the balanced wills and intentions of its gods. By my new programming was part of the founding process of the Trimorphian Brotherhood, and I will always remain as the representative of the founding Grand Master on the Supreme Council. However, Noma did say, Joshua Moore will always reflect my thought, but he is a machine, and only you can judge his wisdom. My prime directive to serve the best interests of humankind was based on Noma's Cedar and Berther philosophy, which I will briefly outline. The first proposition, all human, animal, and plant life has three levels of consciousness, sentient, instinctual, and organic. All life is binary and has two genders, Cedars and Berthers. The cedars propagate, generate, and innovate. The birthers create, nurture, and maintain. Now, in the human equation, this sequence has devastating consequences. Even when peaceful conditions are achieved, as we had in the Golden Age, overpopulation depletes the soil and pollutes the environment, 
Cedars development of dangerous energy sources further challenges the ecosystem. Soon, all life on the planet is imperiled. There is only one formula for planetary survival. Thurs must rule. Now, this was the foundation of my primary directive. But Noma was wise enough to realize that human beings could never flourish in a hive society, which is why he gave me three faces and insisted that we strive for a balance between the best aspects of cedar and birther governance. Now, that gives you a general idea of, of what this is basically the inner philosophy that this is all about. Now, we, are, we came out with, uh, with Trailmaster, the first, uh, the first uh, volume of this uh, came out in 2001. And, um, and we've, been, we've been selling it ever since. And, and um, on the back cover, you have the, I'll, I'll read you the promotional uh, stuff on the back cover. Fantasy science fiction. A warrior wizard wakes the ancient mother of monsters. An epic fantasy adventure unfolds in an exotic world of sky islands, sailing airships, naked Amazons, vampires, swordplay, sorcery, super science, and high magic. Join Brand of Aladdin as he keeps a promise to his dying master to awaken the slumbering Mother Grell, ancient blood-brood queen of the deadly air squids that haunt the clouds of the mysterious planet Thune. Brand rescues beautiful Princess Lyra of Jalamar, and together they battle slavers, sky pirates, vampires, and the ancient super science of the cavern dwellers, led by Rothgar the Avenger, who possesses the implanted crystal eye of doom. The Avenger is aided in his world-conquering designs by his voluptuous evil sister, Nora the Enchantress. Drill and Drillmaster is an epic fantasy adventure in the style of Abraham Merritt and Edgar Rice Burroughs, but with erotic elements the old pulps could only hint at. Along with an allegorical message as timely as today's headlines, Drillmaster is as thought-provoking as it is entertaining. And it's illustrated with a full-page frontispiece and 14 full-page drawings. And I put on it adult themes and subject matter for mature readers only. And I think when I when I read this chapter, when I read this chapter, Drill Craig, I think you'll realize that it 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 was adult adult themes. But of course, naturally, teenagers like the book. I'm going to read you chapter chapter 27 of the original Drill Master. And of course, you realize that this is a prelude to the sequel that we are in the process of creating now called Drill Mistress. And, and Drill Mistress will complete, will complete the, the series. Drill cried. Toragor was flying westward at 5,000 feet over the Sea of Oz, keeping the rugged coastline of Kor in sight on his left as he approached the mountains of Jade. He would be overland in a few minutes. Already he could see the line of cliffs turning northward with a range of peaks rising behind them. He would sight Drillcrag before sunset, but he planned to approach with caution. Flying up 
through the canyons to avoid cloud lurking drills. Let me interrupt here to explain that Torigor is actually is actually a ghost who is possessed brand and Torigor uh uh, was, was a thousand-year-old ghost, and he is a previous incarnation of Brand, and he has he has repossessed he has repossessed the hero of the story, Brand of Aladdin, in this case. Now, the mountain chain, where the ancient temple was located, formed a weather break, holding back the sea storms that otherwise would have watered the desert of Oxan. The mist shrouded these peaks and had been drill-haunted from the beginning of time. The Amakwian Hill people never moved out of their cave as when fog settled in. And of course, the drills are air squids. Today, the cloud cover was high, just touching the topmost peaks, as if nature itself conspired to veil her deepest mysteries. The ghost warrior nosed his fire down as he spotted the surf line ahead. After checking his map and his bearings, he banked, he banked northward and soon found the river mouth gorge that he was looking for. He dropped down to 1,000 feet and flew up the stream. White-flecked rapids raced below, and rocky palisades loomed above him on either side. The wild river twisted and turned in its raging course, as the deep canyon narrowed. Torigor clutched the yoke and called on all of Brand's modern flying skills to keep him from crashing. He banked around a blind turn and found himself heading straight toward a towering wall of white water. He pulled back on the yoke and cleared the crest of the waterfall by a few feet. Even his ancient spirit felt a rush of excitement at the narrow escape. Now he was out of the gorge and into the uplands. Drill Crag rose just beyond the next ridgeline. He recognized the ragged peak from his own experience of an earlier age, when he had come here seeking the riddle, seeking to answer the riddle of human destiny. Flying the contours of the hills, he was soon approaching the base of a great mountain. He throttled down and cruised just above the top of the stunted trees that forested the lower slopes. A gleam of something silver hidden in the foliage at the edge of a clearing caused him to go into a climbing turn. Toragor landed his ship in the meadow. He got out to investigate. After a few minutes' search, he found another auric speedster parked back under the trees. The aircraft had, not, had no rocket turret above the cockpit, but the Thunderbolt insignia of Lorgan was painted on its fuselage. It had, it had to be Rothgar and Noor, he thought. What other Oryx would dare risk coming to this cursed place or would have any reason to? Assuming that they had landed here, he would have to find another landing zone. After inspecting their flyer, he called upon Brand's knowledge to sabotage the craft taking the power capacitor unit out of the electric motor and returning it uh, to and returning to his own ship. He took off and flew over the next ridge, finding another clearing in which to touch down. 
Huey camouflaged his aircraft, took his bearings, and started out for the mountain on foot. By nightfall, he had ascended the steep footpath far above the tree line. Soaring heights of barren rock reached up into the gloomy sky, where the pale moons of Lady Moria winked brightly, and winked bright, gloomy, in the gloomy sky. The pale moons of Lady Moria winked bright and then dark through the racing scuds of cloud. Still no drills, and no no lights or signs of life from the crest of the mountains. But then something darker than the clouds blotted out the moonlight, and he looked up to see a huge black silhouette, as large as a sky island, drifting over the top of the crag. He knew it was the Mother Drell. Even before his psychic perception detected her living aura, he wondered if she would remember him from an age long gone, when he had dared to ask her to answer the mystery of human fate. He recalled that the mother had reached him through her entranced maid, Muriana, while they were in sexual embrace. Her answer had not been to his liking. Brand's memories involved similar oracles emanating from Mistress Yanara of the Sword Maidens, and Lady Noor, Torgor suspected that Lord Ragnar, Rothgar, with his sister acting as Pythoness, intended to become the new master of Drillcrag. After all, Bran had virtually given him the Wand of Wisdom and Power. The ghost warrior kept on climbing, using hands and feet to scale the precarious upward track. In a long-forgotten age, the living rock of the mountaintop itself had been chiseled and hollowed to create the Drell Temple. The ancient structure was designed to emulate, uh, emulate the creature it venerated, with all an entrance in circle of encircling stone tentacles above his portal Torchlight from within flickered through the rounded windows resembling eyes. Torigor did not expect mechanical traps or a physical ambush. His physical senses were warning him of a greater challenge waiting for him inside. Wearing Bran's sword, which was a familiar replica of his own ancient blade, he stood he strode directly through the stone archway and into the dim vaulted interior. Through a haze of musky incense smoke, sconced torches glowed like dying coals. Enthroned upon the dais, in the center of a chamber slumped Lady Noor, bald and naked, with the wand of power dangling loose in her hand. Her brother Rothgar huddled at her feet, his head bobbing and a drool of spittle hanging from his open mouth. Behind Noor, on a tall pedestal, was Joskamor. The machine brain's golden eyes snapped open and glowed bright. The Awakener joins us, his synthetic voice said. Let him try to make the merge. Or die or end up like my poor brother, Noor said in a dull but normal voice, not possessed. Her face was gaunt, and her voluptuous body had a grayish rottenness to it. What happened to Rothgar, Torgor, Torgor asked. Noor put her hand gently on her brother's scarred head. He hugged her legs and shivered. He made love to me, 
in the magical way to know the to know the mother drill. We had hoped that his fire crystal eye would form an interface with Joskimor so that we would be fully united. But the experience has shattered his mind. Rothgar the Mad, Thorgor thought. There was something in a name, even one that is acquired. I have no crystal eye, lady, but my rod is stiff and my mind is strong. He stood up and effect she stood up and affected a wanton wanton pose. She was pale, dissipated, and dull eyed, yet there was an overripe physical decadence about her that fired Toragor's loins with love loveless, brutal lust. He wanted this evil woman. But too much lust in sex magic is not good except to form demons on the astral. He quickly controlled his savage desire to put her writhing in submission under him. The very weakness that had exiled him to the cold stars a thousand years ago. You could sacrifice an eye to attain your destiny, could you not, she murmured. Why not you? Newer bowed her head. My courage falls short of that, she she admitted. She came to him and placed a hand on his shoulder, looking up at him with great snake-green eyes. You and I were born for this, Brand. Take me. Bring her down into me. Join the mother drill to Jaskamor, and we shall rule the world together. She handed him the wand of wisdom and power as a token of her offer. Toragor shoved it in his belt. He felt her breasts, still adorned with the teardrop rubies. She stepped closer, breathing on his neck. Take me for magic or for pleasure. Hurt me if it pleases you. I'm yours. Rothgar groaned. From the dais, he held out his hand toward her, beckoning her to return. Your brother needs you, Torgor muttered. Oh, he can wait. Take me now. Not in front of him. Well, there's a private chamber come. She took his hand, and he followed. They sat together on her first first room couch, sipping rainbow brandy that glowed in the light of tall tapers. Toragor had taken off his leather corslet, jackboots, breeches, and shirt. He put aside his glass, crossed his legs in an asana position, and invited her to join him. There were two kinds of sex magic, the higher version involving the inner psychic centers in which both partners united and remained very still, using their combined sexual powers to raise primal energy from the base of the spine for a transformative experience, and the more practical method where they acted out the roles of god and goddess conceiving an invisible magical child, and which would come to life on the astral plane dedicated to accomplishing whatever task they assigned. This was to be the higher method where the passion was rigidly controlled. Newer put down her glass and straddled the man whom she believed to be Prince Brand. She smiled and her eyelids fluttered as he entered her. She started to whisper something seductive, but he put a finger to her lips. They began to silently gaze at each other with a blank, unfocused stare that magicians cultivate with years of practice. Their thoughts 
were directed inwardly to the jewels of their psychic centers, which they enlivened with interior visualization. Along with this, Torigor was creating his own strong inner guardians, representing the four philosophical elements to protect him from what was coming. She was human now, but before long she would become the host of the Mother Drill. Already the ghost warrior could sense the probing tendrils of alien thought, thought waves piercing his aura. He steeled his etheric matrix for a physical shockwave. Noor was kissing him, exchanging energy flows in an endless loop through her mouth to his, down through their connecting sex organs and up through their mouths again. His consciousness was moving through her body as hers moved through his. They were merging, becoming one tandem being. Then the terrible explosion started. He tried to over, over to outrun it. He tried to get back to his body through her mouth from above. Drell Neuer laughed with an echoing voice that filled the cavern of her vastness. Toragor was the tiny penis worm clinging to the mystic vine of a colossal female. But it was no longer a human female whom he had trapped and who had trapped and engulfed him. He was lost in the living depths of the mother drill. Above him gleamed four spears, four spears in an ascending line. The, fire, the first was transcendent yellow, and the second was inky black. The third was fiery red, and the last was dimly visible in the heights, was a liquid blue. He raced up into the first and found himself in a howling emptiness of buffeting wind that threatened to tear him apart. He conjured the air guardian and, and rode through on his strong wings, emerging to plunge deep into stifling tons of earth. And he was buried. He was buried alive, but friendly gnomes appeared and pulled him through a moldy burrow to push him out on the other side. Searing flames engulfed him. He was in agony, screaming for his guardian, then praying for soul death to end the awful pain. Finally, the fire lizard answered his call and led him safely out of the inferno, only to plunge him into deep, dark water. A merman seized him and pulled him toward the surface. He broke through and soared into the night sky. Now, what I have just read is literally derived from the French version of Crater Rapoa. <laughs> and and uh, if you don't buy if you don't buy buy the novel Drill Master for any other reason, get it for this get it for this sex magic recipe because this is the real thing. Torgor was floating in an endless, timeless stillness. He tried to think, but he could not. He was only aware that he was still Torigor. He could conceive nothing beyond that. After what could have been a moment or two of eternity, she gave him back his mind. She knew him now. Her omnipotent voice was almost comforting in an alien way. 
the fire nearly destroyed you, as it did the one called Rothgar. You are both creatures of equal passion, the equal talent in that inner art you call magic. I am curious to know why you survived and he did not. Thorogor explained as best he could. My passions are lust and pride, but he was driven by hatred. With us, hate is the most self-consuming of the primal motivations. Well answered. It was that hairline of difference that saved you. And being twice born gave you the strength of death memory. I remember you came my way before, seeking answers from my dreams. You are a man creature I can work with. We will, we will order the world in a better way. I will not be your blind instrument, great mother, he declared. Nor do I expect you to be, she replied with surprising gentleness. I will ask you to make the link with Joskamore so that his knowledge may become mine. In that way, I can learn the sum of human experience. Otherwise, I must act on my own intuition to purify the planet. If I did not think your species worth of this consideration, I and my children would simply make war on humankind until your civilization lay shattered. Now that I am awake, my birthing cycle has increased, and there is a secret within me that threatens us all. But I can control these factors if I choose. Ponder the implications, Torgor. I prefer not to work through Noor. You are much attracted to her. We have a concept peculiar to humankind called evil. Some of us who are not evil are attracted to those of us who are. Suppressing this attraction is no easy thing. Believe me, I understand. Much that I have learned of civilization, of civilized humans, comes from the probing of, of Noor's mind. And the, mind of the, and the mind of her brother. I am relieved to learn that you consider them evil. I had hoped that there was less destructive creatures among your kind. Now, now will you do what is, that which is needed? And what is that, he asked. You must take the crystal eye of the one called Rothgar and make it your own. This will be an ordeal for you, but I will not forget your sacrifice. I and my children will be with you whenever you have need. Such pain for a living dead man was a relative thing, felt but not feared, Torigor thought. I agree on two conditions, that I shall never be controlled by your mind and never be ordered to do anything that goes against my conscience. Her laughter was a strange, unsettling situation. What hypocrites you humans are. Did you not control the mind of that young man, Brand, who idolized you? You even stole his brain and body. That certainly went against your conscience, as you call it, but you, but you justified it because he, emula he emulated you. Now you ask the same conditions of me, that you could not meet yourself. What I did was for the good of humankind. Bran made the sacrifice, even as you asked me to make mine now. 
Think on that. Her rumble of displeasure shook his very soul. Even I, who have slumbered for 10,000 years, know that the greatest evils wrought by humans are those done in the name of humankind. But I will agree to your conditions on the condition of my own. Name it, he replied, that you shall abide by the same rules which you impose upon me. And I suppose that's fair enough, he agreed, still shaken by her anger. It is well. Now return to your world and get on with your task. Nor fell back on the couch, disengaging from him. She lay in dreaming reverie as he dressed. He strapped on his sword, his sword belt and again secured the wand of power. She was still lying inert when he left the chamber to search for Rothgar. He found the derelict warrior wizard in the temple's kitchen, playing like a child with pots and pans on the floor. Rothgar shrank from him, scuttling in into a corner on all fours. The crystal eye still glowed with an ember of its original fire, but it was no longer a threat now. Rothgar no longer had the mental discipline to energize the orb. Torogor's face wore the expression of one who tasted or smelled something foul. Already the mother drill was compelling him to do a shameful thing. Torogor could understand this once proud man. He pitied Rothgar because he could identify with him. The perversity of that awful paradox the cosmos had inflicted upon humans was nowhere better seen than in the struggle and defeat of this brave warrior who had dared to strike out against the, na the natural order of things. Rothgar's sin had been one of principle, not of degree. In another place, in another time, he would have been a hero. As an unmanly act, it would be almost as hard for Torogor to pluck the crystal the crystal from the eye socket of this fallen warrior as, as, as the gouging out of his own eye. But both acts had to be done. Should he simply kill Rothgar first, it would perhaps be kinder to all concerned, though he had far less compassion for, for Noor, uh, she should be the one to decide her brother's fate. Even as he thought this, he sensed her presence behind him. She was still naked, trailing a fail, faint, musky scent of their, of their recent sex act. She went to her brother, and he clutched her legs, clinging to her. Leave us now. I will do what needs to be done, she said. Torogor went out in the kitchen and closed the door behind him. Through the heavy wooden planking, he could hear her muffled voice comforting and reassuring Rothgar. Then there was a scream like a howl of a wounded animal. The pots and pans crashed on the floor, followed by a pathetic whimpering. The door opened and she came out, extending a bloody hand in which the crystal orb gleamed. Here, she said, take it and make it yours. It would be a kindness to kill him, the ghost warrior suggested, as she took the blood-smeared jewel from her. I cannot. He is the only one who has ever seen my tears, she murmured. He left her and made his way out of the temple 
to look at the world with two eyes for the last time. Seen through the eyes of her children, as they hovered above the temple, the mother drill watched Torgor walk, walk to the edge of the cliff and stand there looking out into the night sky. She could not send him that quality human, humans call courage. But even if she could, it was best that he used his own. Strange creatures, these little humans, she thought. Even the wisest of them clung to their individuality when they knew that the only way they would ever become greater than themselves was to transcend it. She knew that their species had a central part to play in the balance of nature. They were the, they were the witness to the works of, the, of divine providence, and their unique imaginations formed one of the gr greater creative matrices from which new forms constantly arose but they insisted on disrupting the balance that held the whole framework together, thus preventing it from evolving in harmony. They were creatures of constant paradox, fighting with themselves, with each other, the rest of the, the plant and the animal queendoms, and with the very planet itself. By rights, she, as the ancient personification of Thun's planetary logos, should ruthlessly suppress them, but she sensed that such was not the plan of divine providence. Humans have been given a unique power and the special option to improve or destroy themselves. Her task was to keep them from ruining the planet in the process. She had surmised that Jaskamur would be the key to this endeavor. The enigmatic machine had only communicated with her indirectly through her tiny female vessel, and she knew that this master brain contained the sum of all human knowledge, and she, but she needed a direct link from her human correspondence to reach it. <coughs> she would learn much more about what just happened during her long sleep when she could access Jaskamore's vast memory bank directly. Torregor was her key. He had the courage to do what must be done. Tiny cry of agony echoed through the vault of her mind. He had made his sacrifice. Through the eyes of her children, she watched him from several angles. As he staggered back from the cliff, he was down on his knees now and she tried to feel his pain. Torgor walked back toward the temple. He realized that the mother drill had been true to her word. He did, he did have a keener sight now. With both his human eye and, his, and the crystal working together, he saw objects and vistas in greater clarity and depth than men are ever given to see with normal vision. The very works, the very rocks were alive and radiating their essence to his senses. He was a seer of the ultimate in any direction he gazed. The experience was overwhelming. How limited ordinary sight was in comparison to this. He entered the temple. Josh Moore was on the high altar with, the, with the, all six eyes shining. 
a brilliant aura haloed the triple-faced bust. Come and know the mind of Noma the Wise, the ancient human voice intoned. It was a recording made when the machine was first programmed. Toragora went, went to the pedestal behind the throne and placed his hands on the brazen triple head. Staring directly into the face of Jal, the sun god, a pre-cataclysmic boon, Jal came alive in rapid feedback sequence of psychedelic vision, finally merging with Toragor in a blaze of light. Aeons of human history rolled in vast panorama of action. Nations rose and fell, empires crashed in battle, and spanned the, the seas and skies of both hemispheres. The works of man were wrought and destroyed in ascending cycles of marvelous create, uh, creativity, senseless waste and wanton destruction. Finally, the very process of civilization itself culminated in a nuclear accident that nearly destroyed the southern hemisphere of the planet. Humans had created, designed, and built to overcome nature. And other humans, however, they were still the same thieves, murderers, swindlers, and whores that they had been in, pre in prehistoric times. In these days, when they had lived close to nature, in the days when they had lived close to nature, they had at least possessed the instinctive wisdom to respect their game animals and their human foes in order to survive. With the rise of agriculture and technology, people overcame natural restrictions. They also lost their primitive insight, but not their primitive passions. Joshua Moore showed Torgor the truth without evaluating it. He hardly needed to. The culminative effect was overwhelming. Now the three of them, Joskimor, Torgor, and the Mother Drill, would share the same truth. Noma's master plan would culminate in a new Trimorphium dynasty, but the, the weak links were Noor's twisted hatred and the Dragon Lord's loveless lust. For Torgor, the great transference was completed. The vision faded. The ghost warrior's consciousness returned, transformed. With all the knowledge he had now shared, he stood back from the pedestal and turned as he heard the sounds of a struggle behind him. He moved with deliberate haste to view the action but paused before the drill throne when he saw what was taking place. This was a tragedy he would not interfere with. Lady Noor was slumped down in the seat, her body undulating, and her arms making circles in the air as her brother's strong hands slowly tightened their grip on the pale column of her neck. Choking sounds came from her throat, and her green eyes bulged. Torgor saw it happening, with all the power of his total vision, he saw her aura pulsing in a riot of conflicting colors and a great burst of life energy that outflows with violent death was gathering in the psychic center at her, at her thorax. With a final twisting clench, Rothgar choked the life out of his twin sister. Toragor watched her body arch as the energy swirled out in the form of a shrieking phantom that would haunt the temple for ages to come. After her death, 
Rothgar's fury dissipated quickly. He stood looking down at the sprawled body with an infantile expression of wonderment on his bloodstained face. Then, as if to make the agony complete, his sanity returned. Rothgar gathered her up in his arms as tears welled in his remaining eye. My sister, what have I done, he cried. Torgor watched him carry her corpse like a sleeping child in his arms out of the temple. Lord Rothgar, the Avenger, walked to the edge of the cliff and paused on the verge. He shouted his last brave challenge, a dark shape that blotted out the stars. Curse you and all the gods! And then they vanished over the edge of the cliff. The ghost warrior also looked aloft, and he took out his multicrystal wand and manipulated the highest harmonic to resonate at a frequency beyond the range of human hearing. He spoke in a vibratory tone. We need another vessel, Great Mother. Of course, there was the Mistress Yanara, the sword mage from Brand's Recollections, but Torigor knew that she had her own agenda and her own secrets. He was not drawn in that direction. He had wanted to avoid thoughts of Jalamar and its young queen, but the impressions from Bran's memory rose strong in his mind, and he tried to suppress a vision of Lyra in his arms. She reminded him too much of the maiden Moriana. Now that concludes... That concludes the Drawcrag chapter, and is a, and I think is a is a very good introduction to Draw Mistress, which we are in the process of 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 writing right now, and and uh, and quite frankly, I want to encourage you, every all of you listeners, I want to encourage you, if 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 Draw Master Draw Master doesn't offend you. And of course, if it offends you, I, I certainly don't want you to buy it. But if it doesn't offend you, and you really do, you really do want to want to enjoy this whole the whole series, then please go on go on pokerunion at gmail dot com. That's a, that's our website, and and you can purchase a copy of of uh, of Drillmaster and we will send it to your priority mail and uh and then you will be pokerunion.com uh yes yeah, but that website is pokerunion.com uh, and and I'd like you to also you know go on our our regular uh, our regular CHSOTA website that's chsota.org and uh, and uh, Drill Mistress is going to be just as sensational, and I have just as many magical secrets. And oh, and by the way, the the magic in in Drill Master, as you're going to discover, is Enochian. And and uh, the they use Enochian on the planet Thun, just like we do on on Earth. And of course, and of course, also. Uh, the sex magic is all, all, all also very authentic and doable. And as you recall from what we read you, uh, Torgor actually went through the hermetic elements. 
this is very much like very much like the uh the initiation of the pyramids initiation so next week we'll have another hermetic mystery show and until next week good magic